you can withdraw those same funds out of the Roth IRA after only five years. The 59 and a half age rule no longer applies to withdrawing the money that you converted over. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 55 of The Daily Churn. Today's episode is going to be all about Roth IRAs and more specifically Roth conversion ladders that are possible thanks to a Roth IRA. It's a a topic I find particularly fascinating because I think it's a great example of how our current system of taxation is basically made by churners. There are so many loopholes in the tax code that have been intentionally designed and implemented to help save you a ton of money on your taxes if you know they exist. The Roth IRA, in my opinion, is probably one of the most loophole-ridden pieces of tax legislation out there. And you may already know some of the basics with the Roth IRA, like, hey, you can contribute your money after tax into this account. And it comes out totally tax-free on the other end. And if you're totally unfamiliar with Roth IRAs, you may be like, why is that amazing or why is that a good thing to do? Well, because in your Roth IRA, you can hold assets in there like stocks. And if all of that money comes out the other end tax-free, that can be a pretty insane proposition. Because if you imagine you bought a Google stock 20 years ago when it launched for $100, that stock is easily worth over $1,000 today. So if your Roth IRA is composed entirely of Google stock or other stocks that have grown, which the stock market tends to do, then the majority of what's in that account are profits from your stocks. And you don't have to pay any taxes on those profits when they come out. Compare that to a regular brokerage account that you may open for yourself All of the profits there on the stocks that you trade and you buy, you're going to have to pay a capital gains tax on when you sell those stocks. That is not the case for the Roth IRA. However, unlike a taxable brokerage account, there are limits to how much you can contribute. So each year, you can only contribute $6,500. That increases each year with inflation, but roughly $6,500. And there's also an income limit. If you make more than $138,000 a year as a single person, or I think it's roughly double that if you're married, then you're not eligible to contribute into a Roth IRA. Also, you can't access the earnings, the profits from your stocks in there until you're 59 and a half years old. So for a lot of people, the profits, the earnings, that's going to be the majority of that account if you've had that account for a couple decades. So can't really tap into that until you're 60. So all of those limitations, definitely a bummer, which I guess is why uh, Congress folks went in and added a bunch of loopholes to get around these limitations. So you may have heard, even maybe just in passing, about the backdoor Roth IRA, which is a way to contribute into the Roth IRA if you make too much money. So it kind of bypasses that $138,000 per year income limit. There's also the Mega Backdoor IRA, which these are actually the real official names of how people refer to these. The Mega Backdoor Roth IRA, that bypasses the $6,500 contribution limit per year and basically means that you can contribute almost, I think, $60,000 a year into a Roth IRA, so 10 times as much money as you would have usually been able to do. 
as fun as it would be to do an episode on just the various backdoor methods for the Roth IRA, I'm going to pass on that for today because that's more of the pre-retirement phase where you're trying to accumulate assets into your various retirement accounts. And there's a lot of different blogs and podcasts that cover it already. In fact, Chris over at All The Hacks, he just did an episode, I think just like last month on tax advantaged accounts where they go heavily into these two backdoor IRAs plus a lot of other various tax strategies you can take. So I'll link to that episode in the show notes if you want to kind of dive into the pre-retirement loopholes a bit more. But our focus today is going to be on accessing some of these retirement funds post-retirement and more specifically during early retirement. It's a a loophole or a hack that you might not have heard about. I think it's a little less common than the backdoor IRAs when it comes to just how often it comes up in, in conversation. But it's a really valuable one because it's a way for the Roth IRA to function as a vehicle for tapping into other retirement funds before you're 59 and a half. So it's not just about the funds that you have in a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. It's more about how you can use that Roth IRA account to access funds in, let's say, your employer 401k or traditional IRAs that you have. The IRA sort of just functions as a key that unlocks everything else. And so if you've ever thought about retiring before you're 59, this is fundamental to that. So today we'll cover some of just the basics first of how things roughly work, you know, rollovers versus conversions, distributions, contributions, all of that good stuff, but then kind of dig into how Roth conversions work because that is the key what the five-year rule is and why you need a Roth conversion ladder and some common pitfalls as well as how to avoid them along with some examples of how to execute some of these things. So a lot of good stuff coming up in this episode. This is the second in the Big Churn mini-series that I'm doing. The first part was on ACA health subsidies, which you don't need to have listened to that episode to follow along with this episode, but definitely recommend checking that one out if you haven't already. But before we get into it, just a quick programming update, which is that I'll be taking a little break for Christmas and New Year's. So the next episode after this one won't be released until mid-January, and that one is going to be a recap of everything I churned in December along with an end-of-year recap. Basically, I'll be taking about a month off to relax a bit and also work on some long overdue website and Discord improvements because that's really grown a lot in the last few months. And there are definitely some improvements that I can make that I think will make things a lot easier to use and hopefully more useful to you guys. So a lot of exciting things planned for 2024. But if you'd like to get notified of when that end of year recap is released, be sure to subscribe to the free newsletter at thedailychurnpodcast.com. But for now, let's get back into Roth conversion ladders. So starting with some of just the basics of how a Roth IRA enables someone to access retirement funds before retirement age, before 59 and a half. So there's a few different ways. The first, I think the more simple way is simply that contributions into a Roth IRA can always be withdrawn at any time. 
This is because a Roth IRA is a post-tax account. So the money that you contribute into it are contributed after taxes. You've already paid taxes on it. So, you know, it makes sense that you're able to take those contributions out whenever you want without it being a taxable event because you've already paid taxes. So if you put $6,000 into your Roth IRA today, you can take $6,000 out anytime you want. The caveat to that is if it's grown to $7,000, so you've had a thousand dollars of gains, you can't touch those gains, those earnings, until you're 59 and a half. The rule of thumb here is that earnings can only be distributed after 59 and a half if you want to avoid paying a 10% penalty that's on top of whatever your income tax rate is. Because with earnings, you haven't paid taxes on it yet, which means they want to tax you on that unless you've reached retirement age, at which point your earnings are tax-free. That's one of the, the attributes of a Roth IRA and why it's so appealing for a lot of folks. There are a few exceptions to that, primarily things like death, disability, some other qualified events like um, buying a new home or paying for college expenses. You're allowed to take up to $10,000 out of your Roth IRA, and that can be earnings without having to pay a penalty. But for the most part, aside from these special exception cases, your earnings are always going to just be stuck in that Roth IRA until you're 60 years old. The next kind of question I often hear a lot with Roth IRAs too is like, well, the bulk of my retirement funds are actually held in other accounts like my employer 401k or this traditional IRA that I opened for myself. They're not in the Roth IRA. So I get that you can withdraw contributions out of the Roth IRA at any time, but I don't really have that much in there anyway. So it's not really a, a viable source of income during early retirement. And I think that scenario applies to a lot of us because I think most of us are contributing into a pre-tax account like a 401k or a traditional IRA because you get to enjoy that tax deduction while you're working. It basically lowers how much you have to pay in taxes each year while you're employed. So naturally, the bulk of our retirement funds tend to be in these other pre-tax accounts, not a post-tax Roth IRA. The missing piece of the puzzle there is Roth IRA conversions. That's really the key to enabling early retirement because with a Roth IRA conversion, you can move or convert money from your 401k or your traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. The only thing you have to do when you convert or move is that you pay taxes on the money that you're converting. Now, why would you want to do this? Why would you want to convert funds from your traditional or 401k into the Roth IRA? Well, it's because there's a special feature slash loophole that's been implemented specifically for Roth IRA conversions, which is that when you convert your pre-tax retirement funds into the Roth IRA, you can withdraw those same funds out of the Roth IRA after only five years. The 59 and a half age rule no longer applies to withdrawing the money that you converted over. So if you were to convert $10,000 today from your 401k into a Roth IRA, five years from now, you can withdraw $10,000 out of that Roth IRA without paying taxes because you would have paid taxes on that 10k today. So you don't have to wait till you're 60. 
Your earnings, however, are still locked until you're 60. So that $10,000, if during the five years it grew to $15,000, you wouldn't be able to take out $15,000. You can only take out that $10,000 that you pay taxes on. The $5,000 of gains, of profits, you still can't access until you're 59 and a half, just like with contribution gains. So a conversion is treated pretty similarly to a contribution. The differences are that with a contribution, like you just putting money directly into the Roth IRA, you can withdraw that contribution at any time. Whereas with a conversion, you have to wait five years. But whether it's a conversion or a contribution, you can't touch the earnings on it, the profits, until 59 and a half. So this five-year waiting period is known as the five-year rule. There's actually three different five-year rules that apply to Roth IRAs, but this is really the only one that's relevant to most of us, which is the five-year rule when it comes to conversions into the Roth IRA. So any money you convert over, you can access in five years. If you're 35 now, you can convert and start tapping into your 401k funds, basically at age 40, once that five your waiting period is over. So those converted funds have a five-year seasoning period, which kind of reminds me of churning sometimes. But my rough theory on why this five-year rule exists on conversions, but not contributions, for example, is that with a contribution, like you depositing money into your Roth IRA just as cash, that happens with money that's already been taxed, right? Like you received money, from your paycheck, and now you're putting it into the Roth IRA that same year, and you never got a deduction or anything for it because you were taxed on that money when you received it on your W-2 or your 1099, and it's fully after-tax money that's being input into the Roth IRA now. With the conversion, though, it's you converting money that was pre-tax, so you did get a tax deduction on it. So at some point, you know, you got a $10,000 tax deduction for putting $10,000 into a 401k, and now you're trying to convert that money into a Roth IRA. And my guess is the IRS doesn't love the idea of you claiming a tax deduction any year you want by contributing to like a 401k. And then any later year when let's say your taxes are lower because you're not working, being able to then just convert that over to the Roth IRA and pay the taxes when your taxes are lower and have access to that money immediately. So they put in place this sort of like anti-gaming five-year rule where it's like, nah, we're going to make you wait five years after you do this conversion before you can access the money. So just kind of a, a mild deterrent. And it definitely reminds me of, you know, banks making you hold your funds for 90 or 180 days before they pay out your bonus or making you do 40 debit transactions each month to qualify for your bonus. It's these just additional hurdles to make it a little less easy to simply just be like, hey, I'm going to shift some of my taxable income from a year when my taxes are high to a year when my taxes are a lot lower, like after retirement. 
But at the end of the day, this additional five-year requirement, I mean, if, if you're a churner, this is child's play, right? I mean, the simple workaround here is just to convert what you need five years from now today and to keep doing that. And this is why it's called a, a Roth conversion ladder, because let's say you retire at 35 and you can access those funds at 40 from your Roth conversion. So you'll want to just keep converting every year for five years ahead all the way until you're age 54, because you just need to get to age 59 and a half. And that's when the floodgates on all of your retirement accounts open anyway. You can just access them freely. So you just got to get to age 54, where you're converting money that you'll use when you're 59 years old. And, you know, when you're 54, you're using money that you converted when you're 49 years old, so five years before. So essentially, it's just a 20-year ladder. And it's honestly quite an easy, simple spreadsheet. Like, it's way simpler than any of our, like, churning bonus tracking sheets. But it does require you to budget five years ahead because you need to kind of predict how much money you'll need five years from now. And that does require some planning and discipline to sort of stick to the budget that you made five years ago. And if you're having issues budgeting, definitely check out the episode I did, I think episode 36 on some of the budgeting tools that we use specifically for churning and fire. But assuming you can stick to and, and handle a budget, it's a very straightforward process, this Roth conversion ladder. And you might be also wondering, like, well, when you convert, though, the year you're converting, aren't you paying taxes on the amount of money you're converting? And the answer is yes, but you would have had to pay taxes on that 401k or that traditional IRA anyway when you withdrew it at, like, let's say age 60, because those are pre-tax accounts, right? You got the tax deduction in the year you contributed to those accounts. And so you owe taxes on anything coming out. So it really doesn't make too much difference when you pay taxes on that distribution, as long as you're doing it when you're already retired, because that's the key. Whether you're early retired or normal retired, you want to be retired because then you're not working, which means you're not making any income, which means you're in a super low tax bracket. And that matters because a Roth IRA conversion is a taxable event. And so the amount that you convert is going to count as taxable income in the year that you make the conversion. And so if you're in a super low tax bracket, you're not going to owe much or any taxes on it, depending on how much you convert. So the standard deduction for a single person is $14,000. For married, it's $28,000. That means below those amounts, you pay zero taxes on that money. And then above those amounts, the next $11,000 if you're single or $22,000 if you're married, that's only taxed at 10%. You're in the lowest 10% bracket. So if you're retired and let's say you convert $25,000 as a single person or $50,000 as a married couple, you'd only end up paying an effective tax rate of 4.4% on 25 or 50K of taxable income, which is a minuscule tax rate. It ends up being about $1,000 or $2,000, depending on whether you converted 25K or 50K. And it is far less than the value of the tax deduction that you probably got back when you were working and you contributed into a 401k or a traditional IRA. 
So you can sort of see why the IRS added like a five-year waiting period on this because it makes it so easy to shift income that they were just like, we got to add some additional stipulations like making you wait five years before you get to access those funds that you converted. But the TLDR here is that your goal basically during early retirement is to make as little additional income as possible so that you can convert as much as possible into the Roth IRA while still staying in a low tax bracket. And that really works perfectly with the whole lean fire concept as well as ACA subsidies because with lean fire unlike regular fire financial independence retire early lean fire is about retiring with less and spending less money spending less money means you need less income during retirement which means you can get away with converting less into the Roth IRA, which then means you pay almost no taxes if you're not exceeding that 10% tax bracket. And with less income, you qualify for free or cheap health insurance thanks to the ACA subsidies. So it's really kind of a a killer combo and there is a sweet spot of income because if you're married, between 40,000 to 50,000 annually of income, of taxable income a year, puts you in the 200 to 250% of the federal poverty level, which if you recall from the ACA subsidy episode, is how you get really amazing health insurance for free. And if you're in that 40 to 50K annual income range, you're only paying a 4.4% or less effective tax rate on that money that you're converting. It's really kind of this magic number or or range of income to be in if you can lower your annual expenses to that level. And that's where churning for us really comes into play because... In retirement, we want to still travel and do fun things. And we're able to do that because points and miles don't count as taxable income. So we're able to travel like someone who makes over $500,000 a year, but who pays out of pocket for all their travel while only booking 40 to 50K of income on our tax returns. So in my opinion, it's kind of an optimal income range to be in if you really want to maximize all of the benefits available to you thanks to ACA and low taxes and, you know, Roth conversion ladders and all that good stuff. But if you've been following along up until now, you might have noticed that there's kind of a five-year gap, right, while the Roth conversion ladder seasons because you can't access those converted funds until five years later and you don't really want to convert while you're working. So you want to convert while retired, but what do you do for the first five years of retirement? How do you fund that? And that's more of a a FIRE topic. Most FIRE folks will recommend having some kind of a, a cash buffer where you have enough saved cash to basically sustain you for those five years until you can access your Roth conversion ladder. Obviously, accumulating enough funds in liquid assets to be able to sustain you for five years is one of the big hurdles of early retirement. But if you're able to do that, there are some added benefits of having this cash buffer, which is that the biggest point of failure of early retirement is basically retiring right before a recession hits. It's known as the sequence of returns risk. So sequence of returns referring in this case to stock market returns. And depending on how you sequence those stock market returns, like whether it's 
you're retiring during a downturn, like a recession, or you're retiring during a bull market, like you got lucky and the stock market just keeps going up during the first few years of your retirement, that really has a major impact on the success rate of your early retirement because you need the funds to last potentially 60 plus years. And if you retire right at the beginning of a recession, your portfolio is going to be down right at the start, 20 to maybe 30%. And that's pretty much the only way fire can fail is if you end up retiring with 20 to 30% less assets than you thought you were retiring with. But that's where this cash buffer can offer a solution because what the cash buffer does is that during the first few years, in this case, five years, you can just take money out of the cash buffer instead of taking money out of your stocks that are depreciated during this recession. And it gives time for the stock market to recover. And so cash buffers, and it doesn't have to be cash, really any stable assets that are liquid enough for you to pull from, that can help mitigate this sequence of returns risk. And this strategy is part of a a bigger strategy known as the glide path investment strategy, which I think has been pioneered basically by Big Earn over at Early Retirement Now. I'm not sure if someone else came up with it before him, but he's definitely the one that has popularized it in the FIRE community. And I'll link to his blog in the show notes. But the glide path investment strategy is how we invest our money. And it includes this buffer, which you need anyway for the Roth conversion ladder. And That's going to be a topic I'll cover in more depth in the next part of this Big Churn mini-series. But getting back to Roth conversions and Roth conversion ladders, I wanted to cover finally some gotchas and pitfalls to sort of avoid as well as some examples. The first one that really got me last year, and it's a stupid one to fall for, but you know, maybe you'll empathize with um, how it happened, which is that the deadline for Roth conversions is the end of the tax year, not the tax filing deadline. And the confusion came about because with Roth IRA contributions or IRA contributions in general, you have until April 15th, the tax filing deadline to contribute. So for example, if you wanted a, uh, let's see, a traditional IRA tax deduction for 2023 for this year, you have until April 15th of 2024 to make that contribution and get that deduction for 2023. That is not the case for Roth IRA conversions. If you convert in 2023, it's going to count towards your taxes for 2023. However, if you convert in April of 2024, that conversion now counts as income for 2024, not 2023. This can make things a little tricky if you're targeting a certain income bracket because it means that, let's say for 2023, you want to convert money into the Roth IRA and the amount that you convert is going to count as taxable income. This is fairly straightforward of an equation if you know you have no other income in 2023, you're retired, you're not doing anything, you're not churning anything, then yeah, it's simply what do you want to be your income bracket and that's how much you should convert because you have no other income, so your Roth conversion is your income for that year. 
However, if you do a little bit of part-time work or you churn some things that may result in like a 1099 int or a 1099b from the brokerage, and those things count as taxable income, you don't receive those forms until January or February or sometimes March or April if the bank is really backed up. And so you have to really track and predict how much income you're making that year so that you know how much is left, how much room is left before you hit your target. And that's how much you'll convert because you have to convert by the end of the year before you receive any of the other tax forms that tell you how much other money you made in 2023. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is definitely an additional pain slash overhead if you're churning, because now not only do you need to track all of your bonuses, which I think you probably should be doing anyway, but you also have to figure out which ones are potentially taxable and which ones aren't, and use that total number as your baseline income for the year so that you can figure out how much Roth IRA you can convert. So an example for us is like, if our goal for the year is a $40,000 target income so that we can stay with within the 200% federal poverty level to get the better ACA health insurance, then I need to go in and figure out how much were all the bonuses I made that were taxable and tally that up. And the difference between 40,000 and the total of the churning bonuses is going to be how much room I have left to do Roth IRA conversions. But of course, there is some risk with this because there's always going to be errors. You know, some places may not send a 1099, other places may send that you forgot about. And so if you end up doing it wrong, like the calculation is wrong because you didn't account for some income, then you may phase yourself out of a, a beneficial ACA subsidy bracket or a tax bracket and end up owing more taxes than you thought or owing some premium tax credits from the ACA subsidy. Luckily, there is some relief if you mess up. The main one being that IRA contributions can be made all the way through April 15th. So conversions you have to do by the end of the year and you convert based on what you predict your income to be. But let's say you're wrong. Let's say you had another $5,000 of income that you just forgot about and you end up getting the tax forms telling you that in February. Well, luckily you have until April 15th to contribute into a traditional IRA. Now remember, traditional IRAs are pre-tax contributions, which means you get a tax deduction for contributing into that IRA. So using the example from earlier, let's say your target was 40,000, but you end up getting an extra 5K of income that you didn't account for. So now your income for 2023 is 45,000, but you really wanna be at 40,000 because you wanna qualify for 200% of the ACA federal poverty level. So what you could do is once you realize that that error happened, you could contribute $5,000 into a traditional IRA. At let's say you open one up at Fidelity or Robin and you just pop $5,000 in there and that's now a $5,000 tax deduction that reduces your taxable income from 2023 back down to $40,000. 
it's not super ideal to do this because now that 5K, instead of just being liquid money you can use, is now stuck in that traditional IRA that you can't access until 59 and a half. And the only way to access it is to do a Roth IRA conversion. So you're in this kind of like catch 22 situation, but in a pinch, it is kind of nice having this like, oh crap, I messed up button that sort of fixes that mistake so that you don't phase yourself out of like a ACA subsidy or into a higher tax bracket. Of course, the caveat though with contributing into a traditional IRA is that you do need to have earned income in order to do that. And 1099 interest income is not considered earned income. So it helps sometimes to have a side business that generates a bit of earned income so that you can do these IRA contributions. But I don't want to get too far off track from uh, Roth IRA conversions, but there are a few different levers you can use to kind of structure and offset your income to keep it within a certain target range. If you guys are interested, can definitely do a dedicated episode on that as part of this big churn mini series. But getting back to Roth IRAs, another point of confusion I see everywhere is that conversions and rollovers often get used interchangeably and they're not. They're not the same thing, but people confuse them to be the same thing. And that makes it extra confusing when you're like trying to Google how to do one thing, but someone has confused the two terms. And that makes a difference because the two things are very different. Like doing a Roth IRA conversion is very different than a Roth rollover. So What are the differences? What is a conversion versus a rollover? So a conversion specifically refers to converting pre-tax funds into post-tax funds. So for example, converting funds from your 401k or your traditional IRA into a Roth IRA, you know, a pre-tax account into a post-tax account, that's a taxable event and that is a conversion. A rollover is not a taxable event. A rollover is as it sounds. You're just rolling one thing over into another. You're not converting. There's no tax conversion happening. So for example, if you have an employer 401k and you leave your employer and you join a different employer that has their own 401k plan, that's a rollover of your 401k into another 401k. Or if you retire and you have a 401k, you're no longer with that employer, you can roll over that 401k into a traditional IRA. They're both pre-tax accounts. There's no taxable event. So with rollovers, the good rule of thumb is like you're just moving from one account to another, rolling over within the same tax bucket. It's just at a different location, like it's at a different employer, or now it's with Fidelity instead of another brokerage. Whereas with a conversion, you're literally converting the fund, so changing the fund into a different tax bucket. So converting funds from a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA. An example of this would be, let's say you retire from your job and you had an employer 401k. So now you want to move it into your own 401k. So you do a rollover into your traditional IRA that you have that you opened yourself, let's say at Fidelity. And if you wanted to tap into those funds before you're 59 and a half, you could convert those funds from the traditional IRA into a Roth IRA, which would be a Roth IRA conversion, not a Roth IRA rollover. 
you might be like, what's a Roth IRA rollover? That's also something that gets confused sometimes because it's sort of an employer thing. Some employers will offer Roth 401ks. So not your regular 401k that's pre-taxed, but a Roth 401k that's a post-tax 401k. And so that's where you'll usually hear Roth rollovers is when people are referring to a Roth 401k rollover, where they're just rolling over their employer Roth 401k into their own Roth IRA. So let's say you retired, similar to a regular 401k, you may want to move that into your own account. You can do that with a Roth 401k too. You just move it via a rollover because you're just moving it from a post-tax Roth 401k into your own Roth IRA, which is also post-tax. There's no taxable event there. Everything stays the same other than you just moving the funds from one account to another. They're really fundamentally the same kind of accounts, except for two key differences. One being that the Roth 401k is being offered by your employer versus you opening it at your own brokerage. The bigger difference, though, is that a lot of what we cover today, I think all of what we cover today with the Roth IRAs, Those rules only apply to Roth IRAs, not Roth 401ks. So an example uh, analogy, I guess, would be like a cake. So with a Roth IRA, what you're able to do is if you assume the contributions are the spongy middle of the cake and the earnings are the frosting, with a Roth IRA, you can choose to eat just the sponge. You take the sponge out first before you eat the frosting on the outside. And that's a good thing because the frosting on the outside is taxed. There's a penalty of 10% of taxes if you try and eat that frosting before you're 59 and a half. The thing with the Roth 401k is that you can't just eat the middle. You can only take slices of that cake. So anytime you take money out of a Roth 401k, it's a combination of both frosting and sponge. So if you're doing that before 59 and a half, you're going to end up paying a penalty on that frosting that you took out that you couldn't avoid. Whereas with the Roth IRA, you can take out just the contributions, the sponge, and not touch the earnings and leave the earnings, the frosting there until you're age 59 and a half. So that's the the nuance and why you hear people talking about rolling over a Roth 401k to a Roth IRA because it really is that easy. Like you want the Roth IRA rules, the better rules where you can just take out the sponge. Sweet, just roll over your Roth 401k to a Roth IRA. It's a few button clicks and you're done. And now you can get the Roth IRA rules instead of the Roth 401k pro rata rules, which is what they're officially called. You know, I don't think the IRS refers to this as the sponge cake frosting rule, but that's a helpful way to think about it. And it's a useful thing to know when it comes to Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks is just sort of this like nuance around the order of how your distributions are composed. Like what are you taking out when you withdraw $1,000? So with Roth IRAs, the ordering is that when you withdraw $1,000, it's always contributions that comes out first, money that you contributed directly. Then 
conversions come out next. So funds that you're doing this five-year Roth ladder conversion on, that comes out next. And there's also another type of conversion which relates to the backdoor and the mega backdoor conversions. That comes out after your ladder conversions. And I won't get into the nuance of that here. It's, you know, complicated, but there's a really, really awesome Reddit FAQ that thoroughly explains this in great detail. It's probably one of the best things I've read all year when it comes to taxes, and I'll link to that in the show notes. But conversions, as a big bucket, comes out next. Then finally, it's your earnings. So from a Roth IRA, it's that order. And that's good because you want your earnings to come out last because that's probably the part that you're going to owe a penalty on if you're doing it before 59 and a half. So putting all of that together in a basic example, let's say you had an old Roth IRA that you'd contributed to a while back, let's say like five, 10 years ago, or you had a Roth 401k that you contributed to at your employer and you've since, you know, rolled that over now into a Roth IRA. So that happened a while ago, but now you retire and you start to your Roth conversion ladder. So you're converting from your regular 401k or your traditional IRA into your Roth IRA now. So instead of waiting the full five years for your Roth conversion ladder to mature and season and you're able to access those converted funds, you can actually start immediately withdrawing from that Roth IRA because going back to that cake analogy, you can take out your contributions at any time. And because you'd contributed into that Roth IRA before, you can take out the amount that you'd contributed. So while you're waiting for that Roth IRA ladder to mature, your converted funds to mature, which takes five years, you can take money out immediately because contributions always comes out first. Once you exhaust the amount that you contributed, then it would start taking out the conversion funds that you just converted. And if that hasn't been five years, then you'd owe a penalty because you didn't meet that five-year waiting period. But during that five-year waiting period, you can take out anything you've contributed directly into that Roth IRA. Just got to be careful not to go over the contribution amount. Make sure you wait five years before you start tapping into the conversion amount and definitely wait until you're 59 and a half before tapping into any of the earnings that the contribution or the conversion amounts made during that time because otherwise you'd owe a 10% penalty on anything that you shouldn't have taken out. Long story short, it's just really important to keep track of how much you're contributing and converting into that Roth IRA. You never want to distribute more than the contributions and the conversions added together because if you distribute more than that, it means you're distributing earnings and you don't want to do that unless you want to pay a penalty. So your brokerage may or may not be tracking all of this for you. Some do to some extent, but if you've switched brokerages, you've rolled over to another account, you may have lost that. So it's important to keep your own records. I think there's a way to pull up some of these records from the IRS too, because the IRS can figure out how much is your contributions, your conversions, and your earnings based on your previous year tax filings. I think your contributions and your conversions are reported in a tax form when you file your taxes. So that's another way to try and track down this information. But from what I can tell, it's mostly an honor system in terms of uh, keeping track of which layer of the cake you're eating and taking out. 
And, you know, you do want to keep good records because even though it's an honor system, it's all good until you get audited, in which case at that time, you're really going to have to make sure your records were spot on. But otherwise, I think that's it for this episode. I know there's a lot of information. Just imagine if I started talking about the pre-retirement variations on the Roth IRA hacks, like the backdoor and the mega backdoor. This would have been like a a two-hour episode. But hopefully, at least this post-retirement side of things was useful. Definitely check out some of the resources that I've linked to in the show notes if you want to study up. It really is one of the biggest hacks in our system. And I think leveraging it is going to be one of the best plays you can make for your retirement long term. So hopefully you found it useful or at least interesting. And uh, next time in the mini series, at least we'll be back with an episode on the glide path investment strategy and why we switched over and how that's really completely changed how we invest our money for like a 60 year horizon instead of a 30 year horizon when it comes to retirement. But until then, hope you have a, an awesome holiday and New Year's and uh, I'll catch you all next time. I think mid January for the December and the end of year recap. That's usually a, a really fun episode. So looking forward to that one. But as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please do forward it to a friend, maybe a friend that has been resisting opening a, a Roth IRA. Most people find out about this show just through word of mouth. So really appreciate it if you do that. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in and happy holidays. Thank you.